giant of limitless power at man's command. And where was it science found that giant? In the atom, a particle so infinitely small that it takes over a hundred billion billion atoms to make up the head of a pin. This is Out of the Basement, a podcast dedicated to radiation medicine. I'm Dr. Jason Becta, and today we are going to go with another one of everyone's favorites, which is RVUs and CPT codes, specifically talking about the RADONC consult note, RADMED consult note. I can't even get my own rebranding correct, but as we wind up the year of 2022, and we will have new CPT codes released in 2023, I figured it would be a good time to talk about this particular super exciting topic and specifically about in the context of E&M or evaluation and management codes as it pertains to our consult notes. And, you know, there's each specialty has its own stereotypes about what types of notes it writes in what settings. And I think if people know about us, we have a certain reputation for basically writing our notes as if they are dissertations. I I think I have seen notes that are more detailed than my own dissertation on cell cycle checkpoints and pluripotent embryonic stem cells. But I think that we have historically, as a specialty, really dug deep into the well of more detail, unnecessary detail, and hopefully we can shift away from that. So Starting back at the beginning, when we were going into this digital age of electronic medical records, I remember hearing, feeling, thinking that it was going to be great because in, obviously this might be a contentious opinion, but in general, I feel like the digital technological evolution has been great for us. It's made my life a lot easier. And by us, I mean just society in general. And we've really dropped the ball in medicine in terms of how EMRs and EHRs have been used and deployed, and it's really just made more work for us. So we have these chaotic walls of text with just an unbelievable amount of copy-paste, which we'll talk about, but how did we get here? And so it spawns back where as medicine became more complex, We had to develop a coding system for a lot of things, but just like the Dewey decimal system. So just like we were talking about last time with the WRVU system, and then we have the ICD system for diagnosis currently on ICD-10 and various other sorts of codes, like when there's a code brown, when a stool sample explodes in a pneumatic tube, which is always everyone's favorite. So... We, have, we had to develop these coding systems to signify complex abstract ideas in a way that can be organized and essentially reimbursed for one of the main things of, of or the intent of the coding systems. And so lawyers bill by time and doctors bill by CPT codes, which are common procedural technology codes or terminology codes. And I almost just blank there. I only call them CPT codes. These were invented back in 1966 and the CPT code is a five-digit numeric code for basically all services and procedures in medicine and they 
get yearly updates really just to keep things interesting for all of us that's not really it that's just a happy accident so when somebody when a patient comes to us for a doctor's appointment reimbursement happens through us billing the evaluation and management or E&M codes and generally I'm going to only focus on outpatient billing just because radiation oncology we're, we're primarily an outpatient specialty there are inpatient consults obviously but the bulk of our work is done in the outpatient setting so in the outpatient setting or well in the inpatient setting as well but in the outpatient setting patients fall into one of two categories either a new patient or an established patient and that's generally defined as three years so if a patient returns to the practice in was previously seen by somebody in the group a year or two ago that is a returning patient that is an established patient but as long as at least three years have elapsed between the prior prior visit then that patient is again considered new but so we have new and established the these are further subcategorized into complexity levels of levels one through five although in 2021 new patient level one was deleted but so for in the outpatient setting it's levels two through five now and that's for new and then the outpatient established still has one through five all these codes have the digital or the two digit prefix of 99 and so like a complex new patient consult is 99205 a complex established patient follow-up is 99215 so we have cpt codes invented in 1990 or sorry 1966 and for decades after that we had notes written on pen and paper now i started working in a hospital really in 2003 scrubbing dishes but i was a secretary on a psych ward on an inpatient mental health unit starting in 2005 and i remember pretty much everything was on paper there was some computer-based stuff but there was a lot of paper-based notes and documentations and i really wanted I, the further we get from 2005 the I'm, I'm gonna say it 2005 is not that long ago i just had my 36th birthday so i feel like i'm still pretty young here so 2005 was not that young ago and really it was with the adoption of the aca or kind of the whole movement of that was backing up a little bit here before that so we have semi-eligible notes but part of that was uniform billing requirements were introduced in the mid 1990s so this is where i think those of us have grown to know and love the format of the standard h p and so for the ENM notes seven components determined what level was appropriate for a given ENM service. And that's where we have the history, physical exam, medical decision making, counseling, coordination of care, nature of presenting problem, and time. And then there's further, more complicated subdivision rules, Obama's early presidency, of just this uh, incentive to increase the uptake of digital health records in an attempt to improve patient care and standardized quality because you know pre-med courses do not include uh, calligraphy and I can attest and I've also created just charts that look like drafts of the Necronomicon it's really my handwriting is terrible and it's just not sustainable or really safe so the government basically said look we're only going to reimburse E and M codes if the documentation meets certain criteria and uh, so regarding how you had to record the review of systems the physical exam and the medical decision making 
And this just, you mix this all together of these seven components with further defining rules of those uh, components, really just to get paid for your services, more or less. And I'm sure we've all had just tremendous memories and experiences of people from the billing department coming to give us presentations with PowerPoints. I like the little laminated cards that some places will give or the tr the brochure type things just any which way to try to communicate this to us about what was the right way to document and you know what kind of what happened was really unsurprising so we have these very complex rules about what needed to be included in a note to receive reimbursement and then we had this adoption of these really clunky electronic medical record systems and the natural tendency of human beings to err on the side of the complexity bias of just thinking that complicated is better and we look smarter if we put in more detail. But I think we all know what kind of notes look like today. And this particular episode was in part spawned by a JAMA, I think it was JAMA Network, JAMA Open, one of the JAMA offshoots journals last month. Uh, published a paper looking specifically at the use of copy-paste in EMR, and they analyzed literally 104, uh, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of zeros. They basically looked at a decade or whatever of clinic notes from Penn Medicine, and it's of those insane number of notes, 50.1% of the total word count of pretty much like every note for a decade or whatever, I'll have to look it back up, were copied from a prior document. This totaled 16.52 billion with a B copied words. And I consider Penn, as I'm sure many people do, to be an excellent institution. And if a place like Penn is rocking out with 50% of their notes are copy paste and it's 16 and a half a billion copied words. That's not, it's not a great sort of thing we get going on. And actually in their discussion, it was very interesting about that the duplication is a rational response of clinicians attempting to manage information in a documentation paradigm ill-suited to the task. And basically that's what we've got, which is a whole other thing. And then in Radonk, we've really mutated down a, a different path. Um, you know, we really love our details. We love memorizing pathologic complete response rates on the German rectal trial, but we don't like talking about practical beam energy selection for a sarcoma. Maybe one, one type of doctor will at one point, but that's not really emphasized in our training and education. And then humans, again, have this natural tendency to wear words in complexity like armor. And the thought is, is that the more details you know, the more nuanced and complicated your words and writing are, the smarter you appear. It's, it's armor to us. And it's really, really gotten pretty crazy in some of the notes I've seen. And so we'll talk about my plea of, of how to do this, but looking at the, I have two slides about this. I'm trying to just break this down and I'll post this on Twitter and Figshare of the introduction of time-based billing. So in January, 2021, this is one of the most amazing things that I have seen. I am just so grateful to the 
AMA for coming out with this and, and doing this in terms of improving patient care and our workload. I think this was very tremendous. And so in 2021, they moved away from these seven components and allow E&M codes to be billed based on time or complexity of medical decision-making. And now their estimation, and it's probably accurate, is that the majority of physicians will use medical decision-making to bill. And, you know, for me, I think for, I can only speak for myself, but I assume my experience is normal. Radiation oncology, our consults usually come at the end of the chain of the workup. And I've heard it described, whoever invented this word, it's probably been around for 20 years, but the, the phrase chart biopsy, I feel like that's the bulk of our our work. I, I feel like the majority of us generally know what we're going to do before even meeting a patient, which if you think about it is drastically different from how every other specialty operates. So there's very few specialties like us where we come in and we have a gigantic amount of workup done up front. And the bulk of our work is done reviewing the chart and meeting the patient is you know, uh, just kind of the, the end result of that. We already know what we're going to do. I shouldn't say not always, but, you know, generally that's the kind of the workflow. So I've been billing by time. And so it's broken down now into levels of complexity where a new patient consult, 99205, is 60 to 74 minutes. And by time, that's just 60 to 74 minutes face-to-face -face with a patient. That's counting everything done in the day of service so from midnight to midnight, and it includes things like preparing to see the patient. So that chart biopsy, just going through all the different tabs, reading all the tests and scans. And then if, you know, you have a, a nurse or an assistant do an intake on the patient, it's talking to them about their impression of the patient, however that workflow is for you. Then actually seeing the patient themselves and conducting a, your appointment any aftercare, scheduling a, a CT SIM, scheduling other scans, talking to Medoc or another referring provider, and then documenting that whole encounter. You know, anything not, so like care coordination, not separately reported, but basically anything you do in that day of service, the day you see the patient counts. And I think it's safe to say that the majority, especially our new consults, so the majority of our new patient consults, if you consider the sum total of everything, is easily 60 minutes. And so I've moved over to basically just billing based on time for that. Same with follow-up. I would say, depending on the, the follow-up, there's 99213, which is 20 to 29 minutes, and 99214, which is 30 to 39 minutes. It's a level three and a level four complexity. I would say the majority of my follow-ups generally fall in that range. And so my, my consult notes, my follow-up notes, they all follow the same format and that works amazing. I think just kind of doing, doing that and modifying my templates, modifying things, it's really allowed me to focus more on the patient care rather than being told that I need to update my review of systems because I left something out. So the other one too is, you know, some of our appointments can go very, very long. You know, I'm sure we've all, especially if you consider everything that counts in this in time, and if you're in uh, with a patient and family for an hour or two, you're, you're blown away that level five code. So there is a CPD code 99417, which is prolonged services. And now that's the, the trick too with billing. So this 99417 code prolonged services can only be used if you are billing 
the initial CPT code based on time. So if you're using medical decision-making based on complexity, which I, I'll go into in another episode, I just don't use it a lot myself, but it's also been greatly simplified. So if you're billing based on MDM, you can't use 99417, but if you're billing based on time and you blow away that 60 to 74 minutes in a single day, you can bill this prolonged services code and breakdown for this because previously we were talking about RVUs, so there is a breakdown of, of how each of these ENM codes are weighted in terms of RVUs. And again, you know, we care about the WRVUs in general, assuming the majority of us are tracked and measured and reimbursed and paid by how many WRVUs we generate in a year. So a 99205, which is a level five complexity new patient consult is 3.5 WRVUs and a level five complexity follow-up, a 99215 is 2.8 RVUs. So actually, you know, I, I think there's this conception of follow-ups are just nowhere near as quote unquote valuable in terms of RVU production as consults. And it's not precisely true. Certainly a basically 60 minute follow-up is an intense sort of thing, but you know, that's 2.8 for 99215 versus 3.5 for 99205. Then if you dial that back, so if you go to a level three, so a level three complexity, new consult, 99203 is 1.6 RVUs, and at 99213, a level three complexity follow-up is 1.3 RVUs. So pretty close. You know, it's it's much more equitable. And so there's, I know sometimes administrators will misunderstand the, the difference, but they're pretty equivalent. And this has changed over the years. And actually that's been another change is this update. So I should take that back. You know, there's not been a misunderstanding. They have been pretty uneven up until this update. So again, 2021, and then with the change to time-based billing and 2023 with these RVU updates. So for example, 99212, which is a level two follow-up, the RVU, WRVU increase was 45, almost 46%. So in 2022, that was 0.48 RVUs, WRVUs, and it's now 0.7 WRVUs. So they've really amped up the RVU value of these, which I think really reflects the more accurately the complexity of what we do every day, which is a whole other topic. And, you know, the undervaluing of the cognitive services of things like primary care doctors do, but that's a three-year Ken Burns level documentary. That's kind of, and I have these charts in this fiction. You can, you can pull these up of looking at E&M code RVU conversions, but then just like we were talking about the last time where then these RVUs have a dollar component attached to them decided by Congress for Medicare reimbursement, which is the anchor point for private payers pass. And so in 2021, for some of the reimbursement conversion factors, 99205, new patient level five complexity, the conversion factor is $224.36 and 99215, the established patient follow-up level five is $183.19. So even the, the dollar difference is pretty close again because of the updates. And so generally there's been an increase and, you know, you can get into the economics of that for another time. But so that's, that's generally how I think of it is, you know, for the most complex new patient consult, 3.5 WRVUs, most complex uh, follow-up visit 2.8 RVUs and in terms of just a dollar amount even though this doesn't really matter um, because as I've tweeted about or people have talked about 
these numbers the the wrvus are set because but in terms of the amount a patient is actually charged the amount an insurance company actually pays the out-of-pocket cost of the patient the amount of reimbursement of the physician or the facility sees is all very difficult to measure but you know it's generally around 200 200 bucks is the medicare conversion factor for level five complexity plus or minus right so some other things just to, to throw out there, because I put it in here, don't forget about 99406, which is smoking cessation counseling. So if you talk to a patient for three to 10 minutes, that's the actual number, talk to a patient for three to 10 minutes about quitting smoking, make sure you document it, make sure you're, they're billing 99406, that's 0.41 RVUs. Well, I should look at that. There might be an updated one. It used to be 0.41 RVUs and then if you go longer than 10 minutes, it's 99407 and 0.79 RVUs. And then you do have to make sure that whoever's doing your billing, there's a 25 modifier added on to the E&M service. So if you're billing like 99205, do a 25 uh, modifier and then bill for the smoking cessation and modifiers are a whole other super fun, super interesting topic. So something I would consider in terms of changing how you write your notes, because I think the fundamental thing to, to communicate is that why are we writing? Why are we writing the notes? You know, the residents, which is a whole other thing, showing off to attendings of making sure that you know, or they know that you know the German rectal trial response rates, but there's a performative aspect. But fundamentally, you are a doctor, not a writer, right? So you are not Hemingway sitting out there drinking whiskey at 8 a.m. on the beach writing the next great American novel. The purpose of you writing, of me writing, and by you I'm assuming the clinicians listening, but our purpose in documenting essentially at its core is to communicate to your colleagues and to your future self what you did, why, what the patient status is. So all this fluff should be eliminated from notes, at least citations in general, which we'll get to, but a, a note should really just be as concise and clear as possible. And there's literature on this where, you know, these, these behemoth copy paste citation filled notes lead to worse outcomes where if a note is confusing, if a referring doc or someone down the road is reading your note, and it is not clear what you did or why, that could potentially lead them to make erroneous decisions or assumptions or and lead to worse patient care. So you are a doctor, not a writer, and your goal is to be as clear as possible. So now with these time-based billing, which is again, beautiful, amazing, moving away from, I used to have these acronyms for, I don't even remember now, I want to say PEMDAS, but that's, that's, that's definitely incorrect for how I remembered all the components. So the current sort of iteration, just because I wanted to get cute for this, is BEAMIT, B-E-A-M-I-T. And this is how I structure my notes now. So I move everything to, everything's on, I try to get everything on one page. So basically headers and stuff excluded, but I want the medoc who referred this patient to me to open my note and see everything they need to know on that first page. That is always my goal, BEAM it. The, the B stands for bottom line. 
and this is my evolution of the one-liner, which is always funny to me, was the one-liner. Really stopped being the one-liner a long time ago. The way I, I write it, what I mean by the bottom line in that top portion is summarize everything that you would need to know to arrive at the same decision without looking at anything else. So in the, for this, I'm referencing specifically like the NCCN guidelines. And so I try to write that bottom line. It, it, it you know, sometimes it is one line like for a just textbook prostate case, but I try to make sure that I summarize as succinctly and clearly as possible all the salient positives and negatives to get to the correct point of the NCCN pathway. And I, I write as if I, you know, a week ago, so if I saw a patient today, what do I need to write to show Jason from a week ago so he knows exact, lands at the exact same decision Jason from today arrived at? And generally, it, this should, it generally stays about three lines, well, three sentences, it, depending on your size of your font, it can be more than that. But that's, that's what I want on the top, just arrive your past self from a week ago at the exact same decision without opening anything else. That's the goal. So that's the, the B and beam it. The E is elaborate, which is my evolution of the history. So then I shift down and this is any additional information that comes from the face-to-face -face with the patient or family that helps with management. And I put in here, including personality traits. And so, you know, there's charts aren't perfect. So I read through, I do my chart biopsy, spend my time, write my, I usually write the bottom line before I even go in. And then when I see the patient, anything that was not included goes in this E part. So things like, like today, someone had to drive very far to see me. So that, that goes in just as a reminder to myself about if that might affect management or if there's inclement weather or something like that. So elaborate is the the evolution of the history and just things from your actual appointment your actual discussion with the patient and the family that could be helpful to your management decisions and same with the a and b mit is appearance and that's the evolution of the physical so an ultra focused physical exam no more of this templated review systems and ridiculous pe's or whatever so this is just a couple lines of when I saw the patient, what else came out of that that is helpful in explaining the status of the patient in my medical opinion and my management decisions. So then we go to the M, which is management, which is self-explanatory. So that's the, what's my plan? And if usually what I do, because again, we're at the end of the referral chain. So if I have a stage three non-small cell lung cancer patient come, already seen Medonc, already had the workup, brain MRIs, negative, all this other stuff, uh, I will usually say I agree with the recommendation. Like So and the recommendation is for definitive chemo RT. I will say I agree with the recommendation for definitive chemo RT, blah, 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 keep it brief. Or I don't agree with the recommendation because of these reasons. and. I will contact the Medonc, blah, blah, blah. So Medonc, I generally, I don't repeat the bottom line because I know a lot of people like to, in the old A&P system, copy-paste the, the one-liner. I don't do that. I just either move on because those patients are already coming to me most of the time with a, a mostly formed plan. Do I agree with it? Do I disagree with it? What, what is my, and then further, you know, for 
non-small cell lung cancer? Am I going to do the 60 to 70 gray and 30 to 35 fractions? Am I going to do west over hypofrac, 60 gray and 15 fractions? Do I actually think that we should do sequential or is this SBRT or something like that? That's, that's where I would spell that out. And then the final part of BEMIT is the, it is immediate tasks. I always write, what are my immediate next steps? So what did I do from that appointment? Did I order more scans, lab tests? Did I schedule a CT sim? Basically where if the referring medoc, the referring doc reads my note two hours after signing it, they know exactly what I did when I saw that patient. Obviously, as any good doctor should, I try to sign my notes quickly. But so that's, that's my, with time, I use time-based billing and I use the sequence beam it everything on the first page bottom line elaborate an appearance from the actual exam management what's the plan going to be and then what are my immediate tasks and so where i deviate from this is, and go full radonc is if a patient is coming to me and they don't fit into the nccn box which obviously happens because life doesn't work the way we plan it so if if a patient comes to me and through my evaluation of the chart and the workup and the exam of the meeting the patient, I'm going to go off script. I'm going to do something not in the NC, NCCN guidelines or something that's not expected. That's when I will go full radoc and I will say, you know, based on these factors, I am going to do this regimen or recommend this regimen based on, you know, this paper or this whatever and you know that way because because again being a doctor if if you're going to do something unexpected justify it you know and i feel like it's totally warranted in that point and i would say that to anyone but if it's a, a run-of-the-mill like favorable intermediate risk prostate cancer doing 70 and 28 or 60 and 20 and you know that does not need citations you don't need to start pontificating about the protect trial in your note that doesn't add anything and so the that is that is my plea consider it really everyone else can do their own thing i use beam it because i like cute acronyms raptor is still my favorite i'm jealous but you're a doctor not a writer and try to be try to talk to yourself in the past read your any of your notes should be written as if you from a week ago would be able to read it and instantly know what you did and why without looking at anything else. And that is my ultra dry episode, clocking in at 31 minutes on CPT codes and EM codes. We'll see where we're going to go next. I'm sure it's going to be another riveting episode, but thanks for listening. Stay safe, guys. This has been a Photon Media production. Don't forget to like and subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Be well and be mom.